millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the EFL here at the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes. This is one hell of a show we've got lined up for you. So joining me in the studio this evening as we get ready to look back at some Madcap action here at the Valley is uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? I've got no idea, to be honest. <laughs> Been a bit of a mental day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just a, just a bit of an interesting one. Nathan <laughs> Muller, the other one, uh, yeah. joining us in the studio here at the Valley. How are you getting on, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Roland's driving the banter bus, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All aboard. <laughs> Full pelt. Yeah, calling at all destinations to the EFL headquarters. So it's been another interesting day in the history of Charlton Athletic Football Club. And I've actually written this down to try and get this into some sort of order. Right, so last night there was a fans <laughs> forum meeting here at the Valley where the attendees were told that the agenda was to be binned and the only... Uh, only the recent vandalism at Duchatelet's property over in his hometown of St. Trudent and an undisclosed proposal were to be discussed. Now, we didn't hear any more from that until this morning when the proposal uh, was revealed. Roland would like the EFL, which is the English Football League, to take the club off his hands. A proposal that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I think we're a bit used to that these days. Though. So and then just to stoke those flames even further, Duchatelet then this afternoon released a statement on the club website demanding that the EFL do that. Not just a request now, it's demand that the EFL take the club off his hands. Um, and also there's so much more in that statement which we're going to come on to in a minute. Um, so we're going to discuss that on tonight's show. We're going to hear from Steve Clark from the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust who was in the fans forum meeting last night uh, to tell us how that went down, what the reaction was uh, in the room. Uh, we're also going to look ahead to Doncaster Rovers because it is quite easy to forget that we are a football club and football does happen on the weekends. We will hear from possibly Naby Sarr, Liam Hoden from uh, one of the papers up there, Lee Bowyer as well, looking ahead to that game. But first of all, we need to get today's uh, happenings out of the way. Tom, can I just say on Tuesday he called Talksport, and we I thought about that. yeah, and we yeah, thought oh good, about that. we thought there's our content for the show, and you've just done like a five minute intro, and we haven't even mentioned the fact he called Talksport. Forgot. How mental has this week been? Um, yeah, I'm still trying to make sense of it all, to be honest. But he's done some mad stuff in his time here, some unique stuff. But this is this is it for me. He, it sounds like he's completely lost the plot. Um, but I know he's tried to point the finger at blame before, but I just can't even work out what he's trying to say. I said it to you just before we came on air, what I, I think he's trying to claim, but I'm not even sure that makes sense. But trying to get the organisation that facilitate and run the league to own one of the clubs that is in that league 
and saying it sounds like from a statement sounding like it's their responsibility to do that because of the changes they made to FFP is is completely mad but yeah I mean there is so much to unpick but this is this is as crazy as it's been for for a long long time I think and Nathan, that's saying something because it's been pretty damn crazy pretty much all the time, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, mate. You're premiership in two years, mate. No five-year project here. What's we I just... saying? Like, why, why are we aiming so low and getting the EFL? If, if we can get the Premier League to buy us, I mean, they've got a lot more money. Well, exactly. We'll check UEFA. UEFA and FIFA might chip in, you know, and uh, just unlimited transfers. And um, Yeah, no, it's a good little, um, good little ploy by Roland. Makes complete sense. Right, so um, let, let's yeah. try and... Yeah, right. So as Tom mentioned there, I completely forgot about the, the uh, Talk Sport interview that happened on Tuesday. Uh, so, obviously, so, so there was there was some vandalism that <coughs> happened uh, in Roland's hometown of St. Trudent. Yet to see any proof who done that. If we're being totally <coughs> honest, because a lot of it wasn't in very in, in very good English. But I'm not going to start accusing anyone of faking it. But um, that was, and obviously, you know, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see vandalism of anyone's house. We don't want to see vandalism of anyone's football club either. Um, after that, Roland was then smoked out by uh, Jim White. Obviously, Roland and Jim White have got a good working relationship. Jim White has interviewed uh, Roland a few times now. Uh, he came onto the, uh, the the Talksport radio show on Tuesday. Uh, he was talking. He, he, he talked for about one second about the vandalism, then he went straight on to blaming the media team for everything being wrong at the club <laughs> and how the how the, uh, the the English football system doesn't work. How foreign investors should be kicked out of um, of the English football system, which then made me laugh when someone who was who I work with today was looking at my tweets about the EFL and she doesn't really understand she, like she's she's not a football fan she doesn't understand what the EFL was and genuinely asked me if that was the thing that Tommy Robinson was in which would make sense <laughs> if there was no foreign owners but um so there was all this there was the, the talk about the um the the media staff being blamed there was all sorts of nonsense about why he hasn't sold the club sold the club and now this has gone on to last night's fans for him all of a sudden like we say the uh, the the agenda, which is normally where they ask all sorts of questions, it could be it could be anything. The fans for them, they ask obviously about the running of the club. Uh, there's questions about the the signings, Lee Bayer's contract, the, all sorts of things that fans want answers on at the moment. Uh, that was uh, all of a sudden binned, and they were told they were going to talk about the vandalism. What that's what that's got to do with? I mean, I, I'm not going to disrespect any of the uh, the fans forum members, but none of them strike me as like. Hardened criminals. Um, I don't think Sid Cheeseright is uh, knocking about with with paint cans underneath his hat. I mean, what that's got to do? What, why Roland wants to bring that onto these Charlton mm. fans who are probably the most engaged with the club out of everyone? They come to these meetings, they try and get some sort of dialogue. They should be they they should be ones that Roland should be trying to talk to more often. Instead, he's then trying to blame them. It almost it seems for this graffiti, which has got nothing to do with them. Mm. And then this proposal. Now, this proposal. The fact that. He, he, we knew he was going to put out a proposal, and we all had a guess. I mean, I think I texted you one yesterday. I said, "Oh, I wonder if he's going to offer the club to free to the fans, and then try and keep the the stadium." Which, not that I'm going to say it made sense, but in a way, it would make more sense than what we heard today. And then the way it came out this morning, I mean, my God, Some, yeah. someone just say some words because I'm I cannot <laughs> add any words to my God. That that's the problem. Like. Everyone said they're so excited to hear the show and can't wait to hear us dissect it. I, I literally I don't know what to say about it. I've tried to think of analogies that you could make. I've tried to think of ways of kind of explaining it. It's complete and utter madness to, to think that the EFL could own one of their own clubs. And like I say, to go on and make a statement that says not only could they, but they should. I, I, I don't know what he expected the fans in that forum meeting yesterday to say. Like, how is that in any way a good idea? If he was selling the club, as you said to us the other day, to fans 
and owning the the ground or the real estate or whatever, we still wouldn't be happy with that because we don't want him being any part of the club. But to then try and offer that bit that we thought might be to fans to the EFL, it is complete madness. And like I say, to try and justify that by saying, well, it's their fault that we got relegated because they upped FIFA Fair Play and then we couldn't compete with everybody anymore because they were allowed to make big losses and... What did he say? He said after two years of stable management or no issues with the ownership or something and then we got relegated. Well, no, 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 no. It was two years of complete chaos here. Yeah. Then we got relegated. Well, the best thing was in, 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 in part of the statement, he says the first seasons under Duchatelet, Charlton finished 18th and 10th. We didn't even finish 10th. We finished 12th. <laughs> I mean, this guy can't count. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, two years after no problems where Powell was sacked, where Kermigan and Dale Stevens, Stevens were sold, where all the best players were sold, fans left. where the, the fans left, the, the churn of managers was ridiculous. Um, I mean, it was the third year that, that we started getting into Carol Fry territory. I mean, this has been one hell of a crazy ride, this football club, over the last few years. Um, <laughs> so... Then it even says, so after two years of ownership without problems, Charlton got too many injuries relative to its limited squad size. You're in charge of the squad, Roland. Results were poor. Fans started to criticise and then protest, sometimes during the game, which didn't help. We've been through this, Roland, before. We won most of the games where protest. Charlton then got relegated to League One. As a result of the damaging and sometimes criminal fans protest and the changed financial climate of the uh, PNS rules, uh, Charlton were officially put up for sale at the end of 2017. A few months later, heads of terms were put in place with two candidate buyers uh, pending the further information. However, new incidents were created by a coalition of fans against the owner based on fake news. Donald bloody Trump's getting involved now. Like young players were not getting water to drink. I mean, this was talked about and proven. Uh, staff not being paid due bonuses. I mean, again, I mean, the statement came from the staff within the club, Roland. Um, oh, this is insane. <laughs> um, they did. And then he says, the EFL said it would intervene, find out who was telling the truth, but nothing like that happened. They did not really investigate things. Moreover, EFL representatives suggested to the group of critics that their claims of, the 2000 and, of August 2018 relating to the bonuses might have had some basis, despite the fact that EFL hadn't investigated. <laughs> the EFL spoke to members of your staff, meetings were had between members of your staff, Roland, and the EFL, at which point they saw the evidence, the hard printable evidence that was shown to the EFL, and they decided, you know, probably do your bonuses, actually, lads. What is wrong with this man? <laughs> your turn. How <laughs> can I follow that up? <laughs> no, but it's true, though, because, like, to me, it sounds like um, after the talk sport, uh thing and literally Simon Jordan absolutely beasted him <laughs> yeah. it's probably a slight sign of embarrassment and like it's again it's desperation because we've seen it before him having these little um these little tantrums he lashes out doesn't yeah. he yeah and like and like Lou just said everything he said you can say well no nah, that's wrong mate but you carry on spouting your gibberish and um thinking that you're right and um, it's obviously plain to see to everyone that he's wrong apart from one person and it's him well it's two people now because now now this is another question I've got Livin de Turk and, and, and I raised this with um, with, with Steve Clark from the, the Vice Chair of the Supporters Trust which we're going to hear in a minute uh, we're definitely dropping Naby Sarr at this point because I've still got another <laughs> hour's worth of ranting in me um, no we won't we, we, I, I desperately want to hear from Naby he's the only thing that makes me happy at the moment um <laughs> Uh, okay, so Livin de Turk, he knows he's going to be bringing like people. Some of these people won't live in London. Some of these people mm. will travel from even further to come to this fans forum meeting. Mm. Why? Why are they wasting these people's time 
with some absolute nonsense that cannot literally, literally cannot happen. There's no way that the EFL can take over this football club. Why is Livan de Turk? Is it's one of two things. Either he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about in terms of because he's the man who's over here in England yeah. trying to sell this football club three days a week, not doing very well so far. He's the man who's not done it. So either he doesn't know what on earth he's talking about, or he's not managing Roland upwards. Because sometimes when you're at work and something isn't correct, and your boss says, "Can you do this?" You turn around and say. Well, actually, that's 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 literally impossible. I can't do that. Speak to Roland. You're, are you advising him? What the hell is going on? I think it's both. I think he's completely incompetent. He's probably out of his depth, as so many of the hires that Roland's made have been. And I don't think he's managing Roland's expectations either. Uh, look, it, it's clear to me that Roland hasn't got a clue what's going on at this club. He said it himself with such a little portion of his time. He reiterated that this week. If that's the case, you need people in place that know what they're doing. And you need people you can trust to run the club. He's already been exposed with, with Katrien, who, who was just way out of her depth for any sort of intent she might have had or, or ideas or anything like that. It was completely undermined by a lack of experience and the, the poor execution of any ideas she had. And then he, he's brought in... Uh, any of us, I'm sure, could have got as, to the same point that the Turk has got to in these negotiations without any legal knowledge, without any experience of the club, nothing... Just by knowing common sense, we'd have got to the point that it's at now. I'm sure of it. Because the negotiations haven't progressed. There's no development. The two buyers that are still in, they're definitely not interested because they would have stumped up the cash by now. The takeover ain't happening. We've known that for a long time. But to then come out and (laughs) offer it to the Football League, when, as you say, it's actually impossible to do it, and as you said, to waste those people's time, we get one or two decent interactions every couple of months with the club through these and what was it a year or two ago Roland said we're gonna try and improve our communication he decided communication was the only problem with the club the only reason that the club is struggling is because of the communication issues so we'll put these fans forum meetings on we'll make sure they're worthwhile to then take that away as well when already the fact that communication was the only problem was a complete lie because there was a million problems with the club but to get people to travel down to what they think is a worthwhile meeting and then be told, actually, we're going to discuss some graffiti, which, to be honest, even if the fans at last night's meeting did do it, which it probably didn't, that's a matter for the Belgian police. That's not a matter for a fans forum meeting. And secondly, to discuss a, a proposal that's physically impossible. They might as well have come in and talked about what was on TV last night. Like It was completely pointless, other than the fact that the minutes kind of gave us a bit of fun. And the fact that the graffiti in the first place, as with a lot of the other protests in Belgium, have forced him to come out of his shell and and expose himself even more. But yeah, I feel sorry for those people that went last night because I'm sure they were expecting something that they could actually discuss and and think about. And instead, they were just treated like idiots almost. It's the the, the questions of communication. It's something we talked about a lot on the show because it's Roland's main point now. Yeah. Um. I mean. There's only there's no way you can dress up relegation managerial changes fans not being here. You have you have to say what the final score is at the end of a game. You can't change that. You can't communicate that any differently. There's no way that anyone who was at this club beforehand. I mean, Ian Little, Jimmy Stone. Ian Little's now like the head of uh, head of uh, social media at BT Sport. Jimmy Stone's similar role at the London Marathon. These, these of, aren't idiots. Out of their depth. These are people who know <laughs> what they're doing. I mean, Jimmy was on. Was on um, was on Talksport himself. I just can't. What I can't understand, Nathan, is what the hell did Roland? <laughs> oh, two questions. Come oh on, I'm gonna struggle. <laughs> what the hell did Roland think was going to happen after he went on Talksport? I mean, yeah, for sure, Jim. Like, I know people say, "Oh, Jim, 
like some people think maybe Jim's too nice. And Jim's not stupid. Ryland wouldn't be going on Talk Sport and giving him a great story if Jim every time if Jim interviewed Ronan the way I bloody would. <laughs> yeah. Jim does what he needs to do with Ronan. Simon Jordan, for God's sake, I'm never gonna say his name on this show before. But he saved the day in that interview mm. and he smoked Roland out. Yeah. And it was incredible. What the hell did Roland think was going to happen when he went on there? And also, what the hell does he think is going to happen if the EFL buys the club? It doesn't make any bloody sense. It don't, don't make sense. The best bit on that when that when was it? Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday. It was, it was like it was like oh yeah, I'll give it away for free, but you just got to pay for the stadium. <laughs> so all right, I tell you what, I'm going to give my house away for free, but you've got to pay for the walls on the roof. Like, <laughs> absolute tool. Like literally, like it doesn't make any sense, but. What, what did he expect? I don't know. Maybe he thought, yeah, I'm going to go on here and I'm going to prove everyone wrong. Jonathan Ross there. And then like, uh, oh, everyone's going to feel sorry for me. Everyone's going to understand where I'm coming from. And uh, well, that backfired, didn't it? But um, yeah, the... Uh, yeah. He had a chance as well there because he was going on to talk about the graffiti. <laughs> He's got a legitimate chance there to say, look, that is wrong. That has overstepped the mark. Jim White can step in and say, you're right, that has overstepped the mark. And then they can go on to have a decent discussion about how he's going to sell the club. And he could say, do you know what? I need to reduce my asking price. I need to do... Instead, he goes off on some mad rant about it was definitely Charlton fans that did it. And so I'm going to give them the club. But like you say, I'm going to give it to them for free, but also make them pay 50 million for the real estate. It's not free then, is it? And then when Simon Jordan picked him up on any of the slight his points which were completely legitimate and like you don't want to have to speak good for for Simon Jordan but credit to him for the way he handled yeah. that he had no answer and it ended with him what did he say at the end thanks good or something and yeah, then that was it good. he was gone and that and that was that <laughs> on a national radio station that millions of people tune into every day and he thought he was going to get away with saying some of that stuff but then you had like people on like on the twitter feed you read it on on the talksball one you have people that probably don't really pay attention yeah. to on the premiership going this geezer's off his rocker, He made it? it worse. Oh, it's he, right. Uh, just based off today's statements, I had a tweet <laughs> from Jackie Oatley, ITV sports presenter and the BBC and stuff. She's everywhere. Uh, Jack Pickbrook at the um, yep. uh, what well, the Independent, I think he writes for. I had the, I had the, I had the Daniel Taylor DMing me from the Guardian. This, I mean, this story is blown up now. I mean, whatever he thought he was going to do. He's just made everything ten times worse for himself because no matter what he what part of his reputation he's trying to save, there's no way he can open his mouth without making it a hundred times worse. Now it's the same with Katrine when she was here. That's why when she went to Sheffield Wednesday, you never heard a peep out of her because they, these people can't open their mouths without saying something bloody stupid and just making it ten times worse. Now where the hell do we go from here, guys? Now who who is still here in this club who can try and save us from this ridiculous situation? There's only one person, and I'm not. I, I don't really say much about this guy because I've I feel bad because of what happened 15 years ago at this club. But why is Richard Murray doing that? If he's still on, if he's still part of this board even in a non-executive role he has to try and say something and he has to try and get into Roland's ear because Lee Bayer has saved this club on the pitch but it's falling apart off it I was going to say play, playing staff and managerial staff at the moment are the only people that can save it and they can get us promoted and they can focus on that aspect in terms of behind the scenes and the ownership Murray has to come out now it, we've seen him you know call him an apologist or however people want to describe him about this regime he's still Charlton at his core um, and he's been through a lot with this club. And uh, if he has heard everything that's happened over the last two or three days, he's got to come out. He's mm. got to distance himself from it. If if it's that bad and he can't cope, he's got to go. Or he's got to try and front up and confront Roland and say, look, that's not what you do here. Because he's the only person left. The financial director's gone. The CEO's gone. There's there's nobody here anymore to be able to do that. You're going to get the comms team to have to stand up and, and do something like that. It, 
it's absolutely ridiculous. It's people like us or the fans through Chart and Live. It's it's Chart and Life. It's Card. All of these organisations are running ten times better than Charlton as a club at the moment. We we're just going to need to do it ourselves again, as we had to do in the past. And it's madness that that's the case because, as we've said so many times, we're such an attractive proposition at the right price. We're we're location wise, stadium facilities. The the prospects here could be huge. We've shown that before. We will show it again. But until he lowers his asking price to somewhere close to reasonable, it's never going to happen. And so we have to go back to doing what we do best and trying to save our club for, from the outside. Because aside from that, I just don't see who's at the club that's going to be able to do that. Hmm. Now, the EFL uh, issued a holding statement with regards to what Roland had to say today. Um, oh, where, where's it gone? Excuse me. Right, said so an EFL spokesperson, they've been handing this out to, uh, to everyone who's asked, uh, the EFL can confirm we have received a request from Charlton Athletic's majority shareholder, Roland DiGiacolet. <laughs> yeah, sent it. He hasn't just said it. He's actually sent it to him. <laughs> Text it, probably. To at the EFL. Probably bloody DM'd it on Twitter. Uh, uh, which we will review and subsequent, subsequently respond to as appropriate. What do you think, Nathan, would be the appropriate response to Roland Chatelet asking the EFL, the English Football League, the people who run uh, the, uh, the, the three divisions, League mm. One, League Two, and of course the Championship, what would be the correct response from them to Roland Chatelet when he says, oh, do you mind looking after this lot? Um, probably how much, huh? <laughs> but no, <nah>, but... <laughs> Probably um, in a roundabout way, no, um, because obviously it's not feasibly possible. Um, Imagine having to explain that to one of the owners <laughs> of one of the clubs in your league. Without trying to sound so patronising, yeah. just like, sorry, mate, mate. we can sit down. Like, really, I know, like, I know you've had a hard time recently. Those fumes have probably gone to your head, but <laughs> listen, it's not going to happen. And I, I, to be fair, I'd love them to release the letter or whatever he sent it by carrier pigeon or whatever, but. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to say they're going to say no, and it's just it's so embarrassing. Surely for him, don't you just sit there and think I've mugged myself off a little bit? Here. Clearly not, because he does <laughs> it over and over and over and over again. I'll, I'll just do it. He can't stop. Maybe himself. the next time I mean, I'll we're win. going. We're going back to the first the, the first major on the field protest with the beach balls against was it Middlesbrough that yeah, game? Yeah. Um, and do you remember? I, well, I'm, I will never forget this night because it was one of the most bizarre nights of my life. But I was I went down to Stonebridge where was Stonebridge Road where Epsuit played to watch. Uh, mm. um, what's the under 21s or something in the Premier League some nonsense reserve game and I was sat there and I was staring at someone's laptop screen that was getting ready to do something and I mean this is a public place this person's been told to do this in a public place and I'm allowed to look where my eyes want to look and I saw an email that said this is my statement I'm on it on the website and we all remember that statement the fans want the club to fail statement and we all remember the reaction to that statement how it didn't exactly smooth things over now Roland's blaming the communications team. That is literally his own communication. And that, I mean, and he's done it again. It's just remarkable how this man thinks that he can treat Charlton Athletic Football Club like this. It's absolutely insane. Right, let's listen to Steve Clark from the Supporters Trust before I have some kill brief, someone. Have some <laughs> right, Steve Clark is the vice chair of the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust. He was at the fans forum meeting here at the Value. Just a quick note, actually. How everyone who was at the fans forum meeting last night managed to agree and stick to it. Because if I was there last night, I would have been going absolutely mental and told everyone about this before it was... But they did the right thing, by the way, the fans forum. They agree, it was agreed it would wait, wait until it was in the minutes on the website. They did the right thing uh, and they didn't tell anyone. But Steve Clark was there, uh, the vice chair of the Supporters Trust. I spoke to him on the phone about an hour ago. I just asked him, what the hell was the reaction in the room when that bizarre 
bizarre proposition was put forward? A funny enough silence, I think. Just no one could quite believe it. I think we were probably all thinking, he did say EFL, didn't he, just in case we got it completely wrong. Um, and then people were just astounded that it could even be suggested. I mean, we're all sort of processing the idea that, you know, firstly, it's clearly a conflict of interest to start with, you know, before you look at anything else. And then, of course, it goes on for a whole list of other potential problems, even if it was to be considered, which clearly it wouldn't be. So everyone was just astounded. We had... We've been told there was this proposal, and inevitably, I think people thought it was going to involve some sort of supporter, you know, getting involved in a buyout or whatever. Um, so we went half expecting to hear something along those lines, and this was just completely off the wall and, you know, ridiculous, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, it certainly seems like it. It, it doesn't make any sense, which I guess is, um, and we, we've seen that the supporters' trust now have started reacting uh, with, with statements online, but it, it's, it is not the way forward for this club, is it? You know, it's just, it's just impossible to take place, isn't it? I mean, I, I guess it could work if we had the pick of all the best EFL players. That might work, <laughs> wouldn't it? But, um, but on a, you know, sort of on a more realistic level, I mean, it's just... It, 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 I can't see how... I, I, the, the thing that was interesting yesterday, and I don't know whether this was the way it was presented to us, but it was definitely presented as, this is a sort of proposal, you know, we like your feedback. And immediately everybody leapt on it saying, no, don't be silly, this can't possibly work. And really, the conversation didn't go on very long because other than listing a few of the obvious problems, that was about all we could do. Then later in the evening and meeting and the conversation, then Leaven de Turk said that Roland's going to phone them up anyway. So that, you know, we, we thought we were being asked to give them some guidance and they'd then say, no, OK, this is not a good idea. But he was going to do it anyway. So, OK, well, good luck with that. And then this morning or whenever the, the, the article on the website says it's actually a demand that they buy the club, which is interesting because I'm not sure they really, really want to be demanded to. But uh, so it, it clearly was more than even we suspected when we were discussing it. In in terms of a uh, a step forward for the club now, um, well, I mean, can, can you see what happens now? Because Ro- Roland appears to have just run out of sensible ideas. So, the, I mean, the trust have obviously been vocal in that they want the uh, the, the, the club to be sold by Roland. But wh- where do we go from now? Because I, I'm at a bit of a loss as to what happens next now. Well, I think all of us, Clive Harris from from the City Addicts made a very good point at the meeting last night saying, you know, we're the protesters are all tired, the, the, the non-protesting fans are all tired, Lee Bowyer's probably tired, and certainly Roland seems tired. You know, the, everybody involved in this is just ground down by this endless nonsense that is taking us nowhere. Um, the conversation we did have was regarding the price, because that seems to be the sticking point, doesn't it? He's clearly said he's selling it. He's now said that he will split the club the footballing side of the club and the property side. And, of course, that was immediately leapt upon by everybody saying, you know, that's the worst possible thing that could happen. For, you know, those of us old enough to have the history, we all know what happened when that was the situation before. So that was... But but even beyond that, he sort of, you know... The, the message seems to be that there are these two consortia who have both proved that they've got the funds, which is obviously the first thing, and understandably what any sensible seller would do to make sure that these people they're talking to aren't just making it up. So they've proved they've got the funds, but they can't, you know, get the deal across the line. Well, we can only assume that's because when they look at the figures, they say, well, this doesn't make sense. This is a League One club in reasonable shape, but certainly not guaranteed to be playing championship football anytime soon. There's an awful lot of investment required because obviously the playing side needs looking after why are they going to pay these inflated prices? Well, 
okay, it may not be an inflated price, but it has to be if no one's going to buy it, doesn't it? That's, mm. that, that's the key point. And we had a long discussion about that, but Leland was saying that really Roland is insisting that that's the price and that's what he should get for it. So, so I don't know where we go. He's got to change his mind eventually. Mm, yeah, it seems crazy. Now, the, the other thing that, that had me thinking this morning is obviously Roland makes these decisions himself, but Levin de Turk is the, his representative at the club. He's the representative that will be speaking to the supporters. Um, w- was there any questions asked about why he has brought this clearly uh, impossible situation to a meeting where plenty of supporters have taken time out of their evening to come and attend? Because why is he not turning around and saying to the owner that that is a ridiculous idea that cannot be actioned? Yeah, and just to add to that, and also given up the questions that we wanted answers, which about you know Lee Bowie and Joan Jackson's contracts and about key players' contracts. So yes, we had, and we've got another meeting coming up. So we're giving up our time for this. I mean, he didn't seem didn't seem to get it. I, I have to be honest and say, previous dealings with him in fans forums have been pretty good. You know, he's been, he seems fairly straightforward. It's, you know, we, we let's just say people previously employed by the club were not always very straightforward on these occasions, but he seems to be. And, and seems to be a businessman who doesn't know much about football, but then, you know, we're talking business anyway, really, aren't we? And yet, certainly last night, I mean, I, to be absolutely honest, and I've no backing for this at all, I just think he'd been given instructions, he had to put it, and he therefore just did it and sat there and, and, and you know, let, let what happened take its course. Mm. Now, the other part of the meeting last night, as you said, they... Uh, decided to try and change what questions were going to be asked, and they and they only wanted to talk about two topics. Uh, I know this was challenged in the room, and, and a couple of other questions were asked, but one of those topics was, of course, uh, the vandalism on Roland du Châtelet's property. Uh, and it sounds like there was quite a strong response from the, the the people within the room there, because realistically, I mean, what's that got to do with the fans' forum? Well, exactly, um, and and it was because I think there is underlying the question is some suggestion that you know, that, that fans are responsible. Um, and it was made very clear, firstly, that looking at the actual evidence, it looks like it was not an English person that said it. I think one of them said Charlton rules OK. <laughs> I think that was 19, about 1974, the last time anyone <laughs> used that expression. Um, it did rather look, and who knows, but it rather looked as though it was somebody Belgian, so who knows what's the background to it. But as I say, what's it got to do with a fans forum? You know? I've, I've got my alibi ready, so it wasn't me. You know, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking a guess. It wasn't a few of the others around the table. So it, you know, this is just to me another diversion away from really addressing the problems. But we seem to be in such we're in la la land, aren't we? Now it's just we've you know we've just gone off the rails completely with this whole thing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There we go. Steve Clark from the uh, Channel Athletic Supporters Trust. Uh, I mean, silence in the room after that was suggested. Shock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, st- I'm just out. I was... It's what the hell? I still can't get my head around this whole situation, and you know, I'm just we're receiving tweets in all throughout the the day, as you'd expect. A lot of people looking forward to the show, but to be honest, I, I wasn't looking forward to this evening show because I didn't know what the hell I'd be saying. I mean, a lot of words have come out, so many of them in a very high pitch. Um, but it's, it's just the the whole situation has got so unfathomable now that I don't know how we get out of this situation because Roland is so stubborn. When it comes to his asking price. I mean, this club cannot go on like this. I mean, we're talking now about the contract situations again with players. And I mean, unless the EFL are happy to sign us a few players, then we could be in trouble next year, as we know. So, I mean, everything is... It does this feel like the start of some sort of endgame now? Because Roland's completely lost his marbles with regards mm. to what he's going to do with his club now. So surely, surely, surely something has to give soon. Or... Are we just going to be stuck in this ridiculous state of limbo forever? Or is he going to do even worse? Is he just going to go, you know what, sod it, I'll close the club down because I'll, I'll just write. Because if he's happy to give give the, uh, the the club away for free at plus 40 million or whatever, then, I mean, no, no one really knows what's in his mind. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm wary of saying that this is the start of an endgame because there's been things that have been pretty mental before. But I, I texted you earlier and said this, it sounds like. It, it has to go one of two ways from here in that either he's gone, he's out, he's done, or he's just going to, yeah, we're going to slip into the Blackpool, you know, losing millions a, a month, fans dropping to the point where we get hundreds here, dropping down to League Two, Conference, whatever, and having to rebuild. But it doesn't feel any more after this week, particularly today, that it can carry on in this state of limbo any longer because... There's just too much damage is done now. And I think we, we could have argued that before, but I just don't see, like you said, that the amount of press that have picked up on this, that the backlash he is going to get from today. You think he got a backlash after TalkSport. You wait for the next few days, Roland, because there is going to be so much coming his way. I mean, I mean, he's, invited, I mean, he's like the Pied Piper for protesters now, because <laughs> yeah. I, I bet, I bet, I will bet my last penny yeah. right now that Roland out today, party, the Belgium 20 card, anyone will be getting ready to go to Belgium Rubbing right now because they, they know exactly exactly where to hurt him now. I mean, there's a, Glove Pops just tweeted us a story. We're talking about what happens next. I mean, uh, Jack uh, Gorn from the Mail uh, has mentioned that apparently Roland turned down a £30 million bid, which chimes with something that someone told mm. me on Tuesday about a £35 million bid being turned down. I mean, obviously, this is a takeover, so no one nothing's fact, but someone mentioned £35 million bid turned down to me on Thursday Daily Mail have just gone with a 30 million plus bid turned down. So it's still no one understands what on earth is going on there because I mean that's not I mean that's that's more than free, that is. That's 30 million that's pounds. That's a huge amount for the that's club. That's a huge yeah. amount of money for a club that's in League One. I mean, people can look at this I mean the valley is a glorious building and the training well, the training ground's a bit rubbish actually, but <laughs> the training ground's a lot of land in uh, in in Elton, which I'm sure is worth a few quid. But I mean, no matter how much you think the valley's worth, it's not worth anything unless you're playing football on it. Because there's no way you could re- knock it down and rebuild it or repurpose it because it's too much of a complicated um, project. So you need to accept, Ronan, that you are not going to get the money that you want for this club. And the longer this goes on, I mean, like I say, 
the, the, the graffiti, if it was a Charlton fan, although there's certainly doubts about that, no one wanted to see that. But the protests in your hometown, which were perfectly legal, which included fans turning up at St. Trudent Games when you own that club, fans marching through your hometown, that is only going to get 10 times worse if you keep messing Charlton fans around like this. So just sell. What are you doing? <laughs> I, d- I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, where, where is it going to be? Um, where's the line going to be drawn? Because surely you can't. Just keep There's funding. a few lines drawn on his house. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so, right. Where's he going to? Surely he can't. Do, I mean, he, how old is he? He ain't going to do this until he passes away, is he? You know, surely he's going to want to get rid of it and just relax a little bit for the rest of his life. But and all the while he's he's asking for offering the club for free plus a little bit more. It's no one's going to take it. And like you say, thirty million. That's a lot of money for how much did Barnsley go for less than that in the championship or something? I can't imagine so. Wigan went for yeah, that's it. Fair, yeah, Wigan recently. It's... I can't remember. It's less than that. But also, if he's losing a million a month, and if his big issues I... around money, yeah. and it, I know that's a rumor, but if that's the case, then every month surely he's adding a million to the asking price <laughs> because he's going to have to to claw back that extra money <laughs> you, that he's annoyed about losing. Do you know what the worst thing about this is? Do you remember last Saturday when we won at Wimbledon? It was bloody great because yeah. Naby Sarr scored and his like resurgence has been one of the things that you come to football to watch. And then Igor scored, and you know again someone who Charlton fans like and they really want to get behind. And it was uh, the first win in five for Elite for, for Lee Bowyer team. And Lee Bowyer's done such an amazing job at this club under what would appear to be quite difficult circumstances. <laughs> I mean, I was buzzing, buzzing on Sunday night when I come in here and we done a, we had a great fun show. Everyone was enjoying it. Uh, talking about Naby Sars free kick. That's why I come to football. I don't come to football to deal with this nonsense. No one who comes to Charlton comes to Charlton to deal with this nonsense. He does. And he, he and, and Roland doesn't come. Roland <laughs> has accidentally bought a football club that he should never have come anywhere near and he's ruining it for everyone. He's just ruining it. It's ridiculous. So let's talk about the football, shall we? Yes. Shall we start looking ahead? No, I've just got. I just remember ah. we ain't done. We ain't done free road reviews yet. We, <laughs> we had a couple of emails in as well. Um, uh, Connor saying hi, guys. Well, what a day! Roland really does know how to stir the pot. That's one way of putting it. One <laughs> unbelievable and shocking suggestion uh, of the EFL buying the club. His statement was rather odd to blame the fans again and love the link to his <laughs> to his bio at the bottom. Yeah, if you click on the bottom of the Charlton statement, you can read about how great Roland is. I fear if he gets the EFL to buy it. Uh, that, that won't happen. He will stand uh, own ground and the training ground, which he wants to do, and, and we'll have to hire it from him, which is good news. I do hope I'm wrong. It feels like uh, when we're looking up with the team, he always pops up with a timely reminder that he's still here ruining the club. Boya is a miracle worker. Rob Snow says, I predict Roland will now approach Simon Jordan to buy the club. I mean, why not? I'm not. I don't say I want well, that to happen, and that'd be dreadful. But why not? Would he do that? Because that would just fall in line with everything else crazy he's ever done. Obviously, Simon Jordan should never come anywhere near this club. He did uh, say we were worth like what sixpence or something. Didn't yeah, he? Uh, Glove Pop saying I better download the. New, I better play the new uh, goal jingles that he made. I haven't even downloaded them yet, Paul. I, got, I was going to do it when I got to the studio. I got waylaid. I was trying to. Uh, I was downloading clown music instead for the start. <laughs> right, let's have a look at some of the free word reviews. Uh, loads of you have got involved. I wanted to know what you've made of Roland's suggestion that we might try and sell the club to the to the football uh, league. Uh, how many beeps we can have? In yeah. This so clearly, I'm not going to be able to read all of these out. I'm barely going to be able to read any of them out. But David Nichols said, "Stark raving bonkers." So Gallup, uh, a former employee of the club, said, "Absolute Fruit Loop." Uh, 
Uh, crazy old fool facts and stacks. Uh, David Jarvis says uh, utter contempt again. Uh, Cappuccino says it's a deluded, malicious fool, and then he sent a more rude one. Uh, Rich Pemberton said anyone but Roland, but he really should have uh, added the uh, added to that, not the EFL, because that's literally not possible. Uh, Kevin says it's incompetent and arrogant. Um, oh, Jacob said he's lost the plot. Mark uh, Paul, sorry, said the same. Will Bolland said uh, insane old git. It's time to go right uh, loads more of you have said have sent stuff in sunday show will discover the same old crap as well because obviously we haven't even touched we haven't even scraped the surface of what's going on at the club today but we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this again on sunday when we'll also be talking about of course the fact that we're going up to doncaster rovers to play a game of football now we oh, do yeah. need to concentrate on no. the football <laughs> all of us all, all the lads are go- we're all going I forgot about that we're, we're all going we're all going together on the train and we've been looking forward to it for weeks because we rarely, we rarely go to games together but now when we get off the train at king's cross after the game we're all going to o'neill's and we're not leaving till the club's sold <laughs> right oh, uh liam hoden from whatever paper it is up there, I've lost track of what's going on. But he, from somewhere up north, who covers Doncaster over Sheffield Star or somewhere like that. I spoke to him to find out how Don have been getting on this season. Sat just behind off in the playoff places. This is a huge game. Roland's ruined it for everyone, but this is a huge game happening uh, up at Doncaster on Saturday. And Liam says that Donny have had a pretty decent season so far. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think t- at start, people didn't really know what to expect. Uh we changed a manager last summer, but it's been really good all from from day one. Really, uh, they've, they've kind of been up and around top six, and they've managed to maintain it. So, yeah, so far so good. Yeah, especially um, considering last season it wasn't the best one, I guess, for them. So to have turned it around to the extent that they have, has it come as a bit of a surprise? Um, I, th- I think there were a lot of foundations sort of laid last season. It were first season back in League One after relegation to. To lead to, and they're quite a young squad, so there were a lot of them picking up experience. I think, to be honest, they probably could have finished higher up, and they probably really should have. Uh, a lot of players have said how they feel that they underachieved a little bit last season, so I think everyone expected them to kick on, but maybe not quite as strong as, as what they have done, particularly with that change of manager, as I, as I said. Yeah, of course, Grant McCann uh, coming in and seems to have hit the ground running there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, from it is this sort of imprinted his his style of play and and on what he wants from players and he did, he did that uh, in pre season and it it were they were at, they're ready to kind of everybody's surprised really they're actually ready at start of season because there's quite a lot of information that they have to take on players in different roles and things like that but yeah they they sort of hit the ground running uh, with with that with that style of play and and it's worked well and they're just. They seem to have got stronger as, as the season's gone on with it. He's, he's done a really good job. Yeah, and particularly strong at home as well. Um, fifth best home record in League One. Very similar record to Charlton, actually. Only lost twice at home, drawn five. Um, yep. So what is it about their, their home form, do you think, that makes them so strong? Uh, I think they're the best when, when they see a lot of the ball. Um, they're, they're, uh, to be honest, they're quite a good counter-attacking as well, but they're, they're very good when they see a lot of ball and they can move it through midfield and uh, a lot of, te- of teams will obviously come to the keep more sit- and sit back a little bit and let them have the ball. And I think that suits them quite well. They sort of spread it to full-backs. Full-backs get high up the pitch and get the balls into the box and things like that. So, yeah, I think it does. It definitely suits them uh, playing at home. And obviously this will be the third meeting between the two sides uh, this season after the, the FA Cup game at the Valley as well as the, the, the league game at the Valley. Um, Donny obviously had quite an impressive FA Cup run. Now, sometimes... 
uh, that can be a distraction to teams, but it doesn't seem to have affected them too much. No, I don't think it has at all, really. I mean, there's, a, there's been because the, 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 the two games that followed, they've not won. Um, disappointing draw at Scunthorpe and then they lost on Tuesday night at, at Shrewsbury and people kind of said has there been a, an FA Cup hangover but I don't think there really has I think it kind of kept momentum going they got the, they played really well at Preston in third round and got through that then a, a fairly simple tie against Oldham to, to follow that and then a big game at Palace that every, uh, against Palace sorry that everybody were kind of up for so I think it's kind of complemented what's been going on in the league as well and helped them keep some sort of momentum. Mm, yeah, and you mentioned that defeat uh, um, at, at Shrewsbury last night. Um, a bit of a disappointing one considering Shrewsbury's position. I mean, did, did Donny play well? Did they deserve to get beat like that? Um, they probably did deserve to get beat. Uh, it's, it's been funny, these last two games against Shrewsbury and Scunthorpe, they've played well for 45 minutes and then been awful for the other one. At Scunthorpe, they played well first half in the second half and only came away with a point last night at Shrewsbury it were a poor first half performance Shrewsbury deserve a lot of credit for it for how they went about it and really got in Rovers' faces played with a lot of pace and Rovers couldn't really cope with it it's been there's, there's not been many times when they've been kind of been overwhelmed by teams this season but they were in that first half last night second half much improved had plenty of chances I'm not quite sure how they didn't score but Overall, I think they left themselves with far too much to do and probably deserve to come away with, with nothing. Now, of course, uh, the, go- the game on Saturday is between two teams who look uh, good at, as it stands for getting into the playoffs. Doncaster have only got a, a two-point gap above Peterborough at the moment, but they've obviously got a game in hand as well. So the, the, the confidence seem quite high amongst the supporters that they're going to be in that end-of-season shake-up? Yeah, definitely. I think it, it would have been obviously better. Last night was a game in hand. Obviously, that could have been up to five points clear. So I think there's a there's a feeling there's a missed opportunity. They have got another game now, so they could could widen that. But I, I do think there is a, there's a lot of confidence that because they have been fairly consistent, they've they've not sort of not won many games on the trot. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think people are people are fairly convinced that, that they will manage to to finish in top six. Of course, looking ahead to to Saturday, who are the the main men that Chapman should be wary of. Obviously, every time we play Doncaster, I'm always looking at that South London boy, John Mar- Marcus, as well. So, is he? Yeah. Uh, he's still banging form, isn't he? He is. He is. He's had a couple of quite fairly bad misses in the last couple of games, but he keeps going. He he just works so hard and gets himself into into these positions to to have chances. And usually, when when he scores one, it, it, it sets him off on a run. He's had a really, really good season. Um, Sunderland were very, very interested in January. Uh, the lodged a £2 million bid on deadline day, but Rovers had said all along, look, he's not for sale. They might change their mind in the summer, but yeah, he's been vital to them. And uh, you, he's, at this point, you won't bank against him getting 30 goals this season. He's, he's, he's well on course. Um so yeah, he's he's one to watch out for. One player who's been doing really well recently is Malik Wilkes, who's on loan from Leeds, uh, another forward. Last couple of games, even when Rovers haven't played particularly well, he's been he's been really strong. They're just sort of pacey, direct. You know, he's, he's kind of got one thing on his mind when he gets on the ball. He's going to get in the box and he's going to have a shot. And he's been doing really well recently. Uh, ben Whiteman as well in midfield, who's had a, a fantastic season. He's kind of dropped into a deeper line role, but he's just sort of took it on 
really, really well. So it dictates play, can break it up as well. He's had a fantastic season. He's got to be up there with one of the best midfielders in the division. I think he's got a bright future. And I imagine the fair few championship clubs will be looking at him in the summer as well. And of course, they've got that impressive experience of James Coppinger still going at 38. I think I read recently he's got quite a decent assist record this season as well. Yeah, he's right up there, right up there. We, uh, best in country, uh, I think, he, I think he might have the most assists in League, league One. Uh, that might have changed over the last week or so. But yeah, he's just. I mean, last night, for example, um, as, as often happens when they've got a midweek game, and particularly away from home, he might start on the bench. But they brought him on half time, and they were a completely different side with James Coppinger in it, where they've been quite scrappy in the first half. They just had so much more control. Um, he's just such, such a clever player, uh, still at this age. He's phenomenally fit as well. Uh, for a player at, at 38 um, so yeah he's he, he's still going and there's, there's plenty up and then he gets an, another deal uh, another year on his deal at the end of this season So the the game itself how do you see it going quite an open affair I'm expecting Donny scored quite a lot at home and, and Charlton obviously not afraid to attack when they're away Yeah I think it will be open I'm up for a better game than the league game down at um, at the Valley where that was probably one of Robert's worst performances this season they didn't really turn up I think Charlton did a really good job on them without having to play that well I'm hoping for a bit more competitive and obviously a bit more competitive than the cup game as well that were kind of a non-event but yeah I do think it'll be open there's, there's so much riding on this as well obviously Charlton can can really sort of cement a place in the top six and Rose could really do it making sure that they keep that margin from uh, from seventh as well, so plenty riding on it. So I think everybody will be looking forward to it. And yeah, like I said, I do expect a, an open game. There we go, Liam Holden from the Sheffield Star. Uh, looking ahead, Saturday's trip up to Doncaster. Donny, oh, let's talk about football. Donny, um, doing doing quite well. So it's a big game. They're, they're sat what five points behind us in the in the league table. Game in hand uh, on us. Obviously, they lost one of their games in hand at Shrewsbury on Tuesday, um, which is good. Uh, for us, I mean, obviously, if, if we win there, we get a nice eight-point gap on them, along with what is currently a, a seven-point gap on uh, on the posh, which would either stay the same or even get bigger. I mean, that'd be our playoff hopes. Um, playoff hopes, pretty much. Sorted. We get we'd get to play in the EFL League One playoff final, yep. which I think we should do anyway. Now that we're owned by them, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's true, and it's obviously after Donny got Pompey. So then after that, we've got you would say winnable games on paper until Luton come here, but. Yeah, I mean, if we could get that little cushion against um, against Donny, it'll be a nice. I think when we when they came down here, um, I think Butler and Anderson couldn't really cope with the pacing behind. Um, we did have gone at the time, admittedly, but um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think there'll be goals in it, um, but we I think we always play better when teams come at us as well. Um, and I think Donny ain't really going to sit behind the ball at home. It's not like they're trying to play; they'll play out for a draw. I think they're really going to attack us, so it might play into our hands. And I think we've got the players, and um, we've got the will to go until the end, like we all witnessed on Saturday. So confident, but you know, I've got to pay respect to Donny. Like you say, they are a decent team, and they did beat us here in the cup. Um, and they're there with merit, especially with Marquise and Wilkes in the team. Certainly, right. Let's have a look ahead to it from a more Charlton. Uh, point of view, Lee Bowyer, of course, had his press day uh, today, which is probably good to keep him distracted while there's all sorts of other stuff going on. Um, and uh, yeah, he's uh, looking ahead to what he's expecting to be a difficult game. Um, yeah, it's it's a big game. Obviously, every game's a big game, but coming to the stage of the season that we're it, where we are, um, you could half argue it's a six pointer. Um, 
we win, then that puts that nice cushion between us and them. Um, if they win, then I think even with their game in hand, I, mm. I, I don't think they catch us today. So yeah, it put a nice cushion between us and them if we win. So um, it's a big game, but I think between now and the end of the season, every game's going to be a big, big game. Last week, everyone's playing for for different reasons. Wimbledon fighting for their life, big game, difficult game. Um, this is going to be no different. And of course, Doncaster suffered a shock defeat at Shrewsbury midweek. Uh, you'll no doubt be expecting a reaction from that. Yeah, obviously um, they would have gone there expecting to win, but football's not like that. Uh, but I wouldn't say it was a shock result, though, because Shrewsbury are a good side at home. Um, and it's a difficult place to go. So um, it didn't really surprise me. I, I, I didn't think they'd lose, but I thought maybe a draw. But um, it's a tough place to go. We're talking about big wins, uh, Charlton winning at Wimbledon last weekend, where they've never had a particularly good record. That must have given you a lot of satisfaction. Yeah, because, especially in the manner that it happened as well, like going a goal down and then scoring a winner late on. This, like I said, they're, they're giving everything. And, and Wimbledon won two games away from home, one at Rochdale, four three. Like they, they, they've turned it around a bit there. Um, the manager Wally, so it was a great result for us. We, we needed that. Um, so yeah, now it puts us in good stead. We're we're, we're in good good spirits, uh, and um, everyone's looking forward to Saturday. Speculation going Lyle Taylor that he, he suffered an injury on Saturday. Can you give us an update on that? Yep, yeah, his ankle uh, rolled his ankle, but he's he's fine. Um, trained. Tuesday, so you're trained today and uh, obviously tomorrow. So again, my lull's fine. So uh, that's a relief because there was talk of him leaving the ground with his foot in a boot, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's just precaution. Um, he obviously did hurt his ankle. He was in over the weekend um, getting treatment, got treatment Monday, and then felt okay to train Tuesday. So uh, he was right Tuesday. Done some extra running with him after, and um, he's looking sharp. Skipper Jason Pearce is on the road to recovery after a long injury and forced absence, but he may have to wait for a recall as Naby Sars playing so well. Yeah, Naby Naby's earned the right to play. Um, he's got his chance and, and he's grabbed it with both hands, and he ain't letting go easy. So. Um, like I've said before, Naby, I'm over the moon for Naby. He's, he's he's a very good player, um, and he's improved so much. He's he's took on board everything that we've been telling him. He's more physical now um, because with his feet, no one can question what he can do with his feet. So he, the the thing where he had to improve was was to get more physical and, and be a bit more nasty because that's what you are as a centre half in this this country. And, um, and he's definitely doing that now. Was he surprised you? He's been around the club a long time, but he's just only recently emerged as quite a force in defence. No, because he's got all the attributes. Uh, he's, he needed to lose weight. He was overweight. Um, obviously, pre-season, 
helped him. It was tough, and uh, and he's, we've just been keep, kept on top of him and, and keep working hard. Our training, the intensity of our training is is very high, so that's that's gonna improve him. He's getting fitter and fitter doing extra running on a Tuesday when we ain't playing. You know, like he's he's gonna get fitter and fitter, and and then if you do that, then he, he's, he's gonna lose like uh, weight like he has, and um, he's gonna improve. Any injury doubts ahead of Saturday's game? Got a few ill. Um, no injuries. So Josh Parker was obviously off from last Tuesday. Came back in this Monday, trained Monday, Tuesday, but still not well. Um, Prattley's the same. He ain't well. Um, but again, he's trained. But it's, and Tariq was off Monday, came in Tuesday, didn't look good either. So there's a there's a a lot of um, flu going around here at the moment. Brett analysis is off. Jacko feels ill. So, um, you know, just got to be careful. It, it, it don't keep spreading, but we've got a few that are struggling at the moment with, with the illness. What does a manager do in those circumstances? Do you just tell the players to stay away? Yeah. Yeah, stay away. Um, because they're all obviously in, in constant contact with each other. They all shake hands every morning, and so I've told them not to do that anymore. So uh, yeah, just just stay away and, and try and get some tablets into them and, and get them back playing, feeling a bit stronger. Because the worst thing is I, I know for myself, and you think, oh, I'll just go and train, and, and it just knocks everything out of you, just trains you even more. So um, yeah, try to try to send them away once they're real. There we go, Lee Bowyer looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to Doncaster Rovers to uh, yeah take on a, a team that's only a few points behind us. Um, interesting, uh, the, the virus sweeping through the camp at the moment this week. That's not exactly the the the, the thing you want to hear. But Lyle Taylor, of course, um, we saw leaving in a boot last week after the Wimbledon game. He's going to be fit. So that, that, that's the main thing at the moment. He's, he's number one on the team sheet. Um, how we go alongside him is going to be interesting. I actually thought the four three three. In a way, it worked for Mark Marshall. And in the second half, when we actually started to have more of the game at Wimbledon, it, it pretty much worked. So do, do you think we'll go with that again? Or I mean, it sounds like Parker may or may not be still ill. I'm not sure. So, Or do you think he'll go for a, the four four two diamond again? I think he'll go for the diamond myself. Just offer that bit of cover defensively. We're away from home now. Um, and try and hit teams on the counter with, with the two up front. Um, obviously, great to see Igor back amongst the goals. Lyle hopefully still fit. So... That's the way I would see it myself. Um, but it, like uh, like Nave said earlier, it's going to be a difficult game either way. To be, <laughs> to be honest, I'm still thinking about all the off-the-pitch stuff. So <laughs> it's difficult. But yeah, I, I would think away from home, he'll go back to that diamond, which has worked well, and, and try and hit them. Uh, again, as Nave says, we, we need teams to come out at us and you'd expect Doncaster to do that at home. Um, and I think that formation lends itself, that number 10, to really drive on and attack the defence when they've committed men forward so that's what I'd expect to see Sounds like Naby Sarr is going to keep his place which is mm. uh, deserved I mean Igor got his goal do you think he'll get a chance I mean but mm. you're still still not happy with, with his training you were saying last week and he's saying this is your chance now so it'll be interesting to see how he's trained this week Yeah it depends if he's fit enough to start doesn't it um, I'd like to see, see T up there personally with Lyle but um, he was lively actually yeah, I thought we'd done alright yeah. yeah I mean Reeves might get a game obviously I think Billick will come back mm. probably for George maybe but yeah I'd like to see T to give him a go like 
Marshall put a shift in, um, but he's not forward, and you know he's not he's he's not used to that. So if Igor's ready to start, then great, start with Igor. But um, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, how Parker's getting on, but yeah, I'd like to see T giving a go personally. He's got the pace. He can he can finish on his day. He can drive at defenders. He can sort of come on the counter. He can drift out wide. So yeah, I'd like yeah. to see that. But Don, Donning one of the highest uh, scoring teams at home. So mm. it'd be interesting to see how we how we try and manage that as well. Because I mean, it, we know on our day we can shut up shop. I mean, obviously we've conceded two very disappointing. Uh, goals over the last few weeks the, the the Fleetwood one the South End one was a fluke I mean had a deflection on it although we did give give the ball away but then obviously the goal we conceded at Wimbledon was poor but other than that we've been pretty solid so if we can keep that going and nick something on a break with our pace and I mean we could really give them a, an interesting game here I mean, it's easy to forget with all the madness off the pitch today we're actually not a bad team I mean obviously we've lost one of our better players Thanks, Roland. Um, it sold him to probably sold him to bloody Safeways or something. Don't know what he's doing, but um, it, you know we, we've still got some quality on the ball. If you know going forward, so if we can stay, you know, tight at the back, we've got as good a chance as anyone is winning this game. I think we've learnt from uh, the Barnsley game over. Was that over Christmas that we played them? Well, yeah, just between Christmas and New Year, where we got sucker punched. Okay, by two very good goals, but um, got sucker punched very early by a goal. And I think since then, you look at the away games we've had in particular the likes of of Peterborough who are up there we we've been able to shut it out a lot better um a couple of the defenders have come on the show I think Purrington was on wasn't he a couple of weeks ago and Saar obviously we didn't get a chance to play tonight and sort of talked about that defense and said you know we're fairly confident in how we're being Phillips as well so I think that defense is fairly solid we need to keep it tight early on like I say and if we can it's then about right can we expose them up the other end which obviously going back to that Peterborough game we couldn't do but I think with the strikers that we've got now and the, the fitness coming back to some of those players, I think we've got a couple more attacking options. And I think, as you say, we're a good side on our day. Um, and if we turn up, uh, I, I think, you know, let's get that three points and then we put that distance beyond them. And like you say, that probably means the playoffs is almost secure. Right, we've run out of time on tonight's Charlton Live. The big match preview, it's somehow called. You know, we talked about football for about five minutes. Uh, another crazy show. Thanks to all of you who've got involved uh, on the tweets and the emails. There's, there's loads we probably haven't read out this evening, so we're sorry about that if, if we have. But don't forget, you, you'll definitely get to have your say on Sunday show, a, long, a longer show. Uh, so if there's anything you want to say about Roland's uh, idea that we could sell the club to the English Football League, uh, feel free to get involved on Sunday evening's show. Tom and Nay, thanks for coming in. See you yeah, Saturday. Yeah, thanks as, as well to Steve Clark from the Supporters Trust for speaking with me on the phone earlier thanks to Lou Bayer and to Liam Hoden as well for getting involved uh, on tonight's show I've been Louis Mendez this has been Charlton Live I look forward to doing it all over again on Sunday evening we shall see you later Charlton.